Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from Miami's Eleven. Rob, caught Rob by surprise. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you made aware of any time new content on. Uh, what can we talk about? Obviously, we've got the charity stuff coming up. We've got the, the live stream coming up on Thursday, so make sure you're watching that. That's going to be a bit of a giggle. Um, and obviously, we're doing the stuff with Steve Krieger and uh, Isla Fight for the My Hammers Eleven print. So make sure you check out Steve's stuff. That's all the stuff done. Um, Thanks for everyone. Obviously, continue support. Obviously, we're uh, although you know the uh, the pre-match, uh, the pre-season friendly starts soon, which seems a bit mental, um, but it is what it is. Uh, loads of great guests, including today's guest. Um, it's it's a bit of an early Sunday for us today, so that's nice. Uh, it's Rob Lindsay. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. How's how's things? Uh, how you been coping in this weird world we live in now? I haven't actually done too bad, so I've been able to work from home. So. I've actually haven't really changed that much apart from not going into the city. So, mm. yeah, you save an absolute bundle, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I had to, I had to, a bit rascal. Exactly. I mean, I had to do a deferral. Um, yeah, that everyone in our company did a little bit of a deferral to make sure everyone's all right. And uh, and yeah, yeah, I really noticed it because it's like you know you're not having to get into the. I mean, I go into Farringdon every day, so not having to go into Farringdon and pay for the car park and you know you actually yeah. and and even like the, the little i know trips to sainsbury's or whatever for lunch it's uh it's it, it adds up and actually we're, we're doing all right but uh apart from that you know west ham are doing all right you know we're doing the premier league which helps yeah not bad I, I had this written off to be fair in lockdown i thought we was gone so yeah i uh i didn't see us coming back from that so but yeah, yeah they always surprise us didn't they so yeah they always do and then obviously they bugger off for the uh for the older, uh, you know, just as literally as they hit like full stride, it's like right, okay, season's over, guys. Come on, everyone, everyone, go back to you know, go somewhere nice for two weeks, three weeks, then come back. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still slightly optimistic that this season's going to be a good season for us. I don't know why. Yeah, um, I mean, I put a tweet out. I think after, I think it was after the Watford game. 
just about Moyes. I mean, when I was younger, Moyes' Everton was always, we never beat them. In my, mm. from what I remember, we never beat them. So, I, if he can recreate that, I mean, I'll put it on Twitter and I got, I got slaughtered. Yeah. There, there was a few, all the anti-Moyes brigade were right after me. So, but I, hopefully, hopefully it'll prove them wrong. But, I, but I, I, like... I think, yeah, I think, I think he'd do all right. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not being funny, right? You look at, we've tried, we've tried the, you know, the, the big manager and we've tried the, you know, 100 million pounds over players and, and you know, we were all optimistic then. It didn't work. It didn't work. You know, at, at the moment, you know, you could buy the nicest, you know, you could have the nicest house um, in the world. But if it's on really rocky foundations, it's not going to be, it's not going to be bugger all, really. And that's, I think, the trouble with West Ham. We had these sort of, Pellegrini never really built, like from the ground up, he just like yeah. produces beautiful apartment building, uh, all the flashy stuff, but none of their sort of like you know making sure the all the fan. And that's what I think what Moisey does. Um, he seems to sort of be a guy who comes in and, and builds from the ground up. And I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still optimistic. I think we'll be all right this season. I think. Um, oh, I wouldn't yeah. mind like I wouldn't mind a boring season. Do you know what I mean? Like a like a eleventh or twelfth. Curbishly, curbishly season. Curbishly or Allardyce season, just yeah. like. Just a bit of stability. I think that's what we need. A couple of seasons to build a good team, have more of those cup final days, like, you know, more of the beating Tottenham, Man United, Chelsea's, you know, double that this year and then sort of have a nice base to, to move yeah. forward. But uh, Yeah, so it's um, it's not the it's not ideal, but uh, it is what it is. And I think, um, and actually, do you know, I know everyone sort of wants, is gagging to get back into the stadium and stuff, but... I think we've played really well since there's been no fans, and <laughs> I kind of hope it stays on like that for a little bit longer. Yeah, but I, I think the atmosphere at home can be quite poisonous sometimes. I agree. I mean, we've got some. Me and Dad have got some people sitting around us, and like I think the record we've set for this fella is thirteen seconds, where he's had his first whinge up, and you just think <laughs> if you've got something like that, like it sometimes it's poisonous. You think like we make one mistake, and yeah. And they're like the crowd gets on everyone's back, and it's a bit different when you've got sixty thousand fans having a pop. It's different to like the thirty-four thousand Upton Park, and I think yeah, it can be quite poisonous sometimes, can't it? But I think so, and you're right. I think it's, and I think people have just seemed to be, yeah, you know, I mean, like you know, Antonio would make him he'd miss a you know clear-cut chance. I remember a couple of games this season, and then he, there's it's no like sort of. The crowd haven't got his back because there's no crowd. And then he's like, can, you know, they just seem to be a lot more, uh, I don't know what the word is. It just maybe just confidence. Maybe it's just building confidence and they were losing it quite clearly yeah. a little bit under the stadium. Um, but now it's, it seems, it seems to be sky high at the moment, which is great. Yeah. Uh, long may it continue, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I know what you mean. Sometimes people have a pop, then they for pop's sake. Yeah. And it's like, it's all right if you're, if you're tough enough to take it. You know, there's some guys who are tough enough to take it, but I think too often with West Ham, uh, I think some of them just can't. Like Anderson, I think you know, if you everyone got, got on his back, he doesn't seem to be the strong character to just brush it off. No, um, no and Haller as well. You know what I mean? It's like, and I think these guys just need. I think actually, you know, we're gonna have to play the first few games. That's for sure behind closed doors, and then see what happens. But yeah. you know, I reckon first six or seven games at least will be behind closed doors, if not more. If not up to Christmas, I think I'd be surprised if we were back in before Christmas. To be honest, yeah, just know what's going to happen. But I don't think they're uh, having away game away fans all season, are they? So no, 
So uh, not at all. Been, you see a lot of home wins, I think, this season. Well, yeah, I think if the if the crowds go back in, yeah, if the crowds go back in, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it hasn't really panned out. I mean, was it the German league that it was something like only like twenty five percent of wins were home wins and stuff like yeah. that and uh it seems to level itself out a little bit a little bit more in the premier league but uh yeah no i think that although you know it's some i'd like them to pipe it would be nice i mean it's a bit weird but like if they piped the the, the crowd noise from the from the broadcasters into the stadium because there's nothing in the stadium it's, it's just like it's just pin job um because at least that's something you know it's probably and i know it's not real but it's something you know i think they'd you know, or I don't know what they do. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I think it was League of Their Own on the other day. They had them all, all the audience were on Zoom, but they piped through the reactions. And so you had that sort of live feedback from when someone said something funny yeah. to like applause and, and laughter. And um, it wasn't canned. And so I don't know. But I think we've all, I think, to be honest, everyone seems to have, um, it seems to have sort of adjusted to it quite nicely. You know what I mean? It's like, I quite like watching. Are you a crowd noise off or, or on type person? I'm off, but my dad's on, so we usually go with on. <laughs> well, he's paying the bills. Yeah, uh, he's paying the bills. It's on. Oh, how funny! Yeah, no. So, so obviously, you mentioned your dad, um, and, and the first question I always ask everyone is, "Why is West Ham your club?" So, I imagine the answer is going to be, "My dad's oh, a West Ham dad's fan." Playing for this, yeah, 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 for my weekend stresses. Yeah, but, yeah, nice. Um, I was never going to be a glory hunter. I was never. I was in a West Ham kit. I think two hours after I was born, so I had a football with me, and yeah, just like for me, it was just every day in training, like every Saturday morning training with my football team, full West Ham kit, straight yeah. over Upton Park about midday, one o'clock, and then we used to go to Nathan's Pie Mash. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, that's uh, fully with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> my uncle was Tottenham who tried to. He tried oh, to really? once and that was never gonna happen. <laughs> just didn't work. Yeah, it just weren't gonna work, was it, to be honest? But yeah, and in and I take it your dad's so apart from obviously your, your uncle who's taught them, is he's all most of his family West Ham as well. So it was always like passed down the yeah. generations you're gonna yeah, be with them. Well, my dad actually grew up near Leighton Orient, so oh, yeah, if dad was gonna go for his local team, then I would have been in a bit of trouble, but um, <laughs> No, my dad, my granddad went over West Ham. My dad's gone over and passed yeah. that to me. And hopefully, if I have a son, he'll be going as well. Or daughter? Yeah, or daughter. Yeah. You know, my my daughter's eight, and she's twenty twenty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's my daughter's eight, and you know, we were at the club shop yesterday, twenty percent off. You know, buying her a shirt because I knew they'd do a deal sometime. So yeah, so yeah, she had her shirt yesterday, and very happy with that. And now, yeah, it's um, it is. It's a generational thing for most people, which is lovely. Uh, do you remember your first game, Rob? I do. So my first proper game was the FA Youth Cup win over Coventry. Oh, wow. So I was a real toddler then. Um, and then I think my first first team game was the Europa League UEFA Cup win over Jokerit, I think. Oh, I see Jokerit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think we actually wore, I think we wore navy blue shorts that night with our if, home shirt. If I remember, yeah, there was, yeah, because they were going to put on... Because I remember speaking to someone about that, and yeah, they had they had a, a different kit, didn't they? They had like a European kit they were going to yeah. wear, and then something happens, but they still wore the shorts. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah, FC Jockerit. God, we played some really random teams in that. Them FC Burkakara, the McDonald's yeah. kit. 
Um, and oh, uh, I was in the cage at Astra as well. Someone actually put a tweet up the other week and uh, of the away end at Astra, and me and my dad was in there. And well, I never really because I was obviously we had the Palermo, yeah, and after that we hadn't been in Europe for years. So I was hammering my dad. I was like, we got to go, we got to go. And I'm not sure my dad was too bold, but I think he'd done it for me. Yeah. Um, and we was in this cage and it was hot. So God knows how the players were playing. Yeah. Um, roasting out there. And yeah, it was, uh, we stayed in Bucharest and we got this coach. It was about two and a half hours from coaching. We end up in this farm. It was like farm. When it, did you go? Or No, I didn't go. It was, no, like, it, was like a, it was like filled with like a stadium in there. And <laughs> they just opened up this gate to let everyone in. <laughs> I think you probably could have got in without a ticket that night. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. Well, to be a fair play, if you, if you didn't have a ticket and you went there and you went there, went to Bucharest and then a two and a half hour coach journey into a yeah. farm, I'd have given you a free ticket, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we only got one priority point after that, which I thought was a bit of a liberty, but. Oh, dude, that's well out of order. Uh, Particularly yeah, like. A bit more than that. You said like a caged animal, like, you know, like you're going for a roast dinner, like you're a chicken. Yeah. It was almost like, you know, yeah. that's pretty mental. But uh, yeah, well, you know. Maybe those European days will come back soon. Although I'm not being, although like it seems, you know, everyone has this sort of desire to get into Europe, and then they don't. Apart from Wolves, they don't really go with it. Do you know what I mean? I remember Burnley did it, and they sort of, and we did it, and weren't really bothered about the qualifier. You know, it just seems like make your mind up. You're in Europe, yeah. and you go for it, or you're not, and stop moaning about. It. You know, it just yeah, unless you. I think there's a second Europa League. I think it comes out in a couple of years' time. What I've been reading about. So I think there's like now a third European competition. So I think anyone who finishes in the top half in England yeah. will end up being in Europe as well. But I mean, I can't imagine who you're going to end up playing there. Well, it's a bit like the Intertotal, wouldn't it be then? Yeah. It'd be like the Intertotal or, um, or be before your time, you had the Anglo-Italian Cup, um, which was basically championship versus Serie B in essence. Um so yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? I suppose, I suppose it just you know it, it's all about it's all about. I mean, Europe's great if you pick the right, get the right teams, isn't you? Like Palermo yeah. is obviously a, a good day out. Um, or Pitt, you know, in the middle of like mafia country, we don't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you got like a good the places, would it? No, no. I mean, Astra, you know, Bucharest is you know, obviously Stenar Bucharest. We played a few years ago in the European Europa League or the UEFA Cup at that time. Um, but yeah, you haven't, we haven't really had any, any glamour ties. You'd want like a well. I always remember being gutty because when we lost the home leg, I think the draw the draw was either that night or the next day. Yeah. And we would have been in a group with Roma. Yeah, that'd be nice. And we, yeah, so you think like with West Ham and Lazio as well, everyone would have gone out there and had a great time with the Lazio fans. And Yeah. It would have been I'm right. Not sure how well behaved it would have been, but. No, it would have been pretty, it would get quite naughty, I think. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, and also like, I guarantee all the old boys will be like going out for one. One last, you know, joy yeah. boys out in, you know, it'd be like that Millwall game where all the old old firms turned up just for the last one, one last <laughs> hurrah, you know, it's like, you know, bless them. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Oh, but as I said, we wouldn't mind a curbishly boring 11th, 12th season, Allardyce era type position and a nice cut run. I think that's what everyone wants, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, it would be nice, would be nice, but it'd be sort of nice to try and like fall in love with the team again because my, my memories was mm. like Pardew. Redknapp, um, you just seem to fall in love with them teams. Like you loved everyone in that team. I don't think there was anyone that was like a bit of a scapegoat. Everyone seemed to work hard, and yeah, you fell in love with them, like win, lose, or draw. When come right. away from a 
few away games this year, and I've just thought uh, they ain't even they ain't even come out here. Yeah, I think there's a. I think there has. I think I just think it's in general. I don't just think it's West Ham. I think it's across you know football in general from those sort of early two thousands. For me, it's slightly. It's probably the the red nap era onwards. Um, in terms of having that sort of association with players, you know that sort of. Yeah, someone like someone like Ginge or or someone like you know who go to away games as well. If you weren't in the squad, you'd be in the crowd. You know, if you get two or three years out of a player, now you've done well. Yeah, um, and so you never really build that rapport with them. I don't think. Yeah. Whereas I mean, you know you got to think when you were, when you know if you talk about I don't know you got you know people even people like like Anton and Elliot Ward and things of people in that era. You know they they were coming through the youth academy. So although they may have only had half a dozen years, maybe in the first team, it was feeling that they were there for longer because you yeah. know you know they were coming. Um, and like you know, I mean, my era was all like John Moncur and the ambition, people like that who were doing eight, eight, nine years, you know, at the clubs. Um, and I just think, and I know what you mean, I do, but I think again, with my Moy, pro Moyes hat on, I think the guys he's bringing in seem to understand what it needs to be a West Ham favorite, you know, like the Bowens, yeah, Sue Checks, obviously, just bringing grafters, in, I think, yeah, yeah, grafters, just people that you see them, you see them like crawling off the pitch at the end of the totally. game, totally. And you see Anderson like he, he could probably go and do hundred meter sprint after after mm. ninety minutes. So don't you don't see him like chasing down or anything like that. But Moise's Everton teams like you yeah, see the fan, right. always because I used to sit in the chicken run right near the away fans, mm. and you could always see the Everton fans. They love the players. Mm. They seem to love the players, and I think we might have beaten them a couple of times. But even still, they kept the players off the pitch after a defeat. Whereas mm. you find there, and you just sort of think like. Like you have to mind your language, really. <laughs> you think, like, if you if you, if you could, uh, I know what you mean. But, but I'm, with them. yeah, I, I totally agree. But I think, and I think that's definitely. It seems like it said people like Bowen, people like Suchet, You know, you, and, and by all accounts, when Moyes was talking about people who wants to bring in, he was like saying they have to understand yeah. what it's like to be a West Ham fan, a uh, West Ham player, and. You sort of sense that we've got, you know, a lot more ex West Ham players in the setup. So obviously, so bringing in someone like Stuart Pearce, like I'm not being funny. Stuart Pearce, Kevin Nolan, uh, and and uh, and Moisey, and even Alan Irvine, he can he can give it out. Yeah. If you were performing at half time and you walked into the dressing room, you're gonna get strips. Yeah, it's it's his shreds ripped yeah. off you by them for, and I just that's what we need. You know I what think, I mean? I think- I think Nolan was a bit hard done by um, sort of towards the end of his time at West Ham. I, mm. I think West Ham fans got his back a but I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that go to football that don't, un, that sort of don't understand quite a bit of the game. And I don't think they realised how important Nolan was. Totally. I don't think they realised and I don't think a lot of people realise to this day. Um, I, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's the best captain we've had probably since the Canio, in my opinion. In my opinion, apart from that, I don't see like people like Rhea Coke or Matthew Upson for me were wasting spaces. Well, um, Matthew Upson particularly. I mean, you know, it was always Scott Parker was put down as the captain, but it wasn't. It was Matthew Upson. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin Nolan. I mean, and, and what I liked about him was there was a clear, he was sort of the join between the management and the team. You know what I mean? It's like he yeah. was the manager's, he was the manager's pick. He was Sam's pick, you know, and we knew he'd never play over Christmas. We knew he'd get booked. So be, he'll be suspended yeah. over Christmas. But I think, but to be honest, I, I didn't mind that 
because it showed that he was a family man and we'd spend Christmas with his kids. Fair fucking enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd do the same. You'd do a sickie, wouldn't you? Something like that if you had to go. Yeah. Um, I, me- I remember when we signed him because I sort of, as a kid, I used to like them players that would sort of attack- antagonise fans. And yeah. Would sort of wind up other players. I've always, yeah. sort of, for some reason, I've always sort of warmed to that. I've liked that. And I remember when we signed him, I was delighted and my dad was fuming. He, he weren't happy with Nolan because <laughs> he, he hated him for Bolton. He didn't like him for Bolton. Yeah. And uh, I remember he weren't too happy when I asked for him on the back of my shirt. But then I think it was, I think it was about four or five games. I don't think he turned up, Nolan. Yeah. I think he scored at Doncaster away, but I don't think his overall performances were good enough. But I remember him coming out and saying it hasn't been good enough. And it seemed mm. like after that, he sort of like, and then you started realising like, he's almost like a manager on the pitch. Yeah. And then totally. I think he was vital when we first come up. Mm. And then that second season where it was a bit of a wobbly one, I think you could see how much, how important he was to the team to yeah. keep us up, I think. So I, I was delighted when he came back in the back from staff. Yeah, definitely. And you saw him, I mean, you know, we don't know how, he, but obviously I think he was back, I think the first game was the Southampton game um, just before lockdown. And he, it was just good to have another, pre- you, just, you just thought there was this new energy um, coming from the dugout and it was, it was so nice to have. And I think I totally agree with, no, I mean, I, I love a bastard. And, and he was our bastard. Wasn't yeah, he? you get that. And also, I can see, and what I can see is, I can see Nolan's influence on the team, particularly things like corners. And I yeah, went back and watched Antonio wa- back in. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. I went back and watched um, some of the highlights at West Ham, like when he was playing, and he was the Antonio position. He would be there, yeah. literally, like elbows. You know, the line, and the goalkeeper pushes him. There was, I, I didn't do nothing. I just stood on the ground. And Antonio does it, but I think Antonio does it better because he's he's stockier, so he's got lower yeah. sense of gravity. So the goalkeepers can't push him as much because they sort of he's almost like at chest height. I think he's trying to shift the wardrobe with him. Yeah, he? exactly, exactly. God, the wardrobe. Do you remember the wardrobe? Papa Bibi <laughs> Dion. <Dio? Might> before. <laughs> hey, good old Papa. Um, but yeah, no, I just think, and, and and if it means that you know, we're a bit. I just think we need we need to be a bit nastier. I thought we was a bit of a pushover in the Pellegrini yeah. era. Um, but I think, you know, I think people like Suchek and, you know, you can see the types of players that Moyes wants to bring in and hopefully that continues in the summer or in the next few weeks. And, you know, I mean, they start on Tuesday yeah. and they got, they got two games on Tuesday. Um, I don't know how they're doing that, but they're splitting the squad. Like they're team A, team B, I think. Yeah, well, I'm taking my boots just in case, by the sounds of it. You know, it's like I could offer something different in the final third, but, you know, um, <laughs> but it's no, but it just seems that, you know, just and even doing something like that, you know, splitting the team, doing an A and B team, I like that because it shows that he's trying to give everyone a run out and, um, and give everyone a chance. And I just think, just got a feeling, just got a feeling this year. I think, you know, I think we're playing, we're playing the, 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 the big teams reasonably early on as well. I don't always um, think that's a bad thing. No, me I, neither. I don't think that's a bad thing because under Billich, we had we had a shocking start under Billich. Where we did Liverpool and, Arsenal, and, and I think that set the tone for the season because we yeah. got a couple of good results, and you think actually these people are beatable. I mean, I think it was, a, it was a different Premier League. There weren't no one had the dominance of City and Liverpool. No, um, and I think there was a there was a few teams in like a bit of a recession, like Man City were mm. under Pellegrini. I think. Um, Chelsea had a shock. I think they finished tenth that year. Mm. Uh, Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal. They've been on the decline for the last fifteen yeah. years. I think I don't think they've done anything special. But and Man United. So I think that it was open, and I was praying that it weren't Tottenham were going to win. 
Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, me I remember being at Leicester away and Cresswell scored with about five minutes to go. And I remember he was going absolutely mad because in the, in the stadium, you get caught up in the atmosphere and you're not actually you on the phone. And then we was be like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Spurs getting on. <laughs> I think Spurs won. I think the game was on a Sunday. I think Spurs won on the Saturday. I think, oh, no. And then when they got the penalty, obviously, you're a bit great because you ain't won the day. We think, actually, when you're on the coach home, I think we got the train over. He was like, it's not actually the worst thing here. It's not the so, worst we'll thing. Take that. And a draw, we'll take to, that. a draw away at Leicester wasn't a bad result in that No, season. not at all. Not then. No, of course not. Um, no, I know what you mean. And I think the HIV is, yeah, what, what I hope we do is, is obviously we've got, because you've got a couple of games and then you've got the third round of League Cup is like the 16th or something like that. So, and that's the trouble with the League Cup because by January, by the time the, the FA Cup comes around, you sort of know how your season's panning out, don't you? Yeah. You know, and 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 you don't, and so that's why I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of like sort of our sort of our division, you know, our sort of bottom, yeah, tenth to about twenty, yeah. don't really care about the league cups because they're trying to get points first. By January, you know, it's, if you're doing it right in January, you'll have a go. You'll have a go in the cup, but with the league cup, I just, I just think that it's there for the taking. It really is. No one really gives a shit about the cup. Yeah. I, I, cup. I share the same opinion. I I think as well. I think uh, I think if you, you could, there's a way you could give it a go. If you're having a good start to the season, mm. then why not? Because I think if you've got a centre forward to score and stick him in the League Cup, and if he gets another two or three, regardless of who he's yeah, getting, yeah. the striker scoring goals, he's going to be happy. Yeah. So I, I've always questioned, and I think it was probably Wenger that first started doing that with the League Cup. So I always mm. remember the League Cup being taken quite seriously when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I think it was Wenger that first started putting the kids in and sort of not really paying that much yeah, attention yeah. to it. So I hope I hope it does get a bit of importance back, but maybe they need to delay it a bit or Well, yeah, it's it's I think it's it's always difficult, isn't it, with that? Because so many rounds and stuff and there's so many so many people involved and we'll see. We'll see. But I think you're right. I think actually I think if you go for it It's you the quickest route into Europe, really, I think. It is yeah. You win it. It is. And also, I mean, you just get, and also, as you said, it just keeps momentum going. You know what I mean? It's like if you're, say, say we beat Newcastle on the first game of the season, then I think it's the next game. Is yeah. is the so it could be at home, it could be away, but it doesn't matter because no one's going to go. There are no fans there, but at least it will keep the momentum going. I think and then we, when you, I think we got a bit. I think we're the only club whose first game of the season is a must-win game. Yes, good chat. Yeah. <laughs> Every single year. It's... Yeah. That's the first you do. You look at the first game and you go, okay, who who we got? Who who could we lose to the? It's always Liverpool, or Arsenal, usually, isn't it? Then you look in May, okay, who we've got to beat to stay up? And we got oh, Southampton at home, okay. Our running in May is all right. We ain't got a bad running in May, so if, yeah. it's, if it's still looking dodgy in April, we've still got a nice May coming, hopefully. But um, well, I remember getting the fixtures on on Thursday, and I think one of uh, one of my friends, Aaron, he sort of found out quite early on. I think that we had Newcastle. Yeah. And then he said to me, but wait till you see the others. So I was, yeah. I was happy and then I thought, oh, great. And then I had a look. I didn't expect it to be as bad as that. But then you get them out of the way. But I think fixtures are a weird one because you have actually got to pay everyone twice. So yeah. as long as you turn up for the games and you get the results in the games you need to get results in, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't but matter what, what order. It's, it's, just, it's definitely a mental thing, isn't it? So Yeah. Is you look at a block of a really good teams, you know, oh, God. But actually, all you got to do is get, you know, West Ham nine... <laughs> I'll say 70% of the time, 
will turn up to those games. Yeah. So actually, I'd rather have a strong, you know, like start because or, or a strong, you know, opposition. If we had Newcastle, which we did, if we had Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton, uh, West Brom, Sheffield United, you know, we'd be like, oh, it's great. That's 15 points. It's not for West Ham. No. It's not for West Ham. No. Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, mate, that's, we've got more chance to get 15 points for that. Well, I, I remember Bilic's first season looking at the fixtures and we kept beating the hard clubs. Mm. And then, so I think we had, we beat Arsenal away and then we come back relishing, in, relishing Leicester because of, they just yeah. ended up on the skin of the team. You think if we play like that at the Emirates, we lost 2-1. Then we, yeah. I think, then didn't we win a, Liverpool was it Liverpool we won out or was it City won the two? Yeah, beat City. Yeah, beat City away. Lost lost the Bournemouth at home and then yeah, yeah, it was. It's just the West Ham way though. It's the West Ham way. That's what that's what my dad's taught me all the time. (laughs) Exactly. God, yeah. So many of them. Um, Right. Let's let's go on to the Hammers eleven. So as I said, the idea is the whole point of the channel is he says. 27 minutes in um he's we, we pick you pick everyone we, we interview picks their west ham 11 so um it can be whatever you want it to be it doesn't yeah. have to be the best 11 it doesn't have to be it can be your grafters 11 or you know your fan we've had yeah. fancy dan 11s or french hammers 11 it doesn't really matter but it's 11 players for you the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play so that yeah. being said, it just means that we don't all put Bobby Moore on our team. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Pretty much. Like, it doesn't always work no, out because I've gone I've gone for an eleven that I've seen live and just that I've sort of loved them really. Yeah. For the weirdest reasons, obviously I'll go through them, but yeah, close um, to your heart eleven, I like that. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah, I think that's like what people probably. like. They like the cloak, they like the because everyone has a certain, you know, you know, some people look at people like, you know, I, I mean, for example, me. One of my true West Ham loves was Pete Butler. Um, and people go, oh, oh, yeah, I remember him. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's not like first and everyone's. And that's what I like. Everyone has slightly different loves of players for different reasons yeah. and stay there. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a go. Right, let's start in goal then, Rob. Who have we got in goal? I've gone for Rob Green. Yeah. Um, just that he used to save penalties. And I think that's probably the safest we've ever felt with a keeper. Yes. Obviously, pre-World Cup, obviously, it was a bit shaky after. But then I still think... He still turned in great performances after. Yeah. Um, I don't think Fab's been there long enough. I think over if Fab stays for a few more years, then Fab will probably. I don't think he'll last a few more years. I'll be honest. I think he's yeah, thirty-six now, and he's so I think he's got another season, two seasons max of us. But I know what you mean about Rob, and that's trouble with goalkeepers. Um, they make one mistake, and it's highlighted. Yeah. If 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 Agbona misses a pass, as well. Yeah, exactly. On the World Cup stage. But if Agbona misses a pass or Antonio misses a shot, it's like, yeah, if a goalkeeper miscues something, it's in the back of the net, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. but I like him. I like Rob Green. I love the way he just don't take himself too seriously. Yeah, he was a penalty saver as well. We yeah. were like, even when teams were getting penalties, you still thought... There's a chance. Yeah, he, he, he could save this. And yeah. I think he was even one with Defoe, I think, as well, right in front of the Tottenham fans, which obviously goes down well, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um. Right back, I've gone for Tommy Repka. Ah, lovely. Loved him. Bless me. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Repka, God bless him. Um, I think he's inside now for probably one of the weirdest reasons I've ever heard. Yeah, I think I think he's I think his reputation has has not preceded him, has, has he's in, he's he's got even stronger since yeah. he since retired from football because it just uh, just some of the stuff he's done. 
you're thinking, I think we got got off lightly, you know. Like... <laughs> We'd have surprised him, who's a bit of a nutter on the pitch, wasn't he? So he was, but you just assume when people are nutters on the pitch, I'm like, I know, someone always talks about, you know, someone like Julian or, or Billy Bonds or people like that. You know, once they crossed the white line, they were, you know, headstrong, yeah. t- going to tackle, don't give a shit, put their body on the line, and they walk off the pitch and they're just humble family men. And and for I don't know why I thought Repka was a little bit like that, um, <laughs> foolishly. Um, but then, yeah, he's sort of he's <laughs> he's just this this legend, this myth of Thomas Repka. Yeah. It's just you know when he's he's been so he's blackmailed. He blackmailed his 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 girl, his ex wife. Something like that. He posted all over the internet, didn't he? Yeah, and he tried to sell a hire car, I believe, as well. And there was something with guns and drugs or something. Yeah, I just... It's not surprising, is it? <laughs> nah. He's probably the only one you go, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But, I always uh... used to, especially when he was playing front of the chicken run, if there was like a winger, and I think this is obviously when the boots started changing colour, you'd get like some winger with pink boots or yeah. lime green boots. You knew he was ending up in the chicken run in the first five minutes. <laughs> Just rep could just, would just wipe him out. He'd probably oh, get a yellow card in the first five minutes yeah. and then gave himself for the rest, but... Yeah, no, I've got I've got fun memories of him just just for being a complete beast. To be honest, but he loved he loved the club. He loved West Ham. You I wish check. he would have scored in the playoff final because he hit the post, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been nice. I would have I would have liked that. If oh, you, bless uh, him. Good old Tommy. Tommy Repka. All right, who's who's next? Who's next? Center back off gone for Rio. Yep. I call. I reckon. I caught his last season. I think. Yeah, you probably. Um, done, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember too much of it, but I've got the season reviews at home, and, I, and I've and I've watched it, and I just think it would be wrong not to put him in, considering I have seen him live. So I can't not put him out. I think he was no. brilliant. Yeah, and he achieved everything I think we all expected him to achieve, achieve when he left. So um, yeah, no, I've got some spot for Rio. Um, going with going with Rio, I've gone with Ginge. Yeah. Um, Met him a few times as well at Player Awards and stuff like that, and he was expe- exactly how you expected him to be. <laughs> World class person. Yeah. Um, put his body in the line, going into stuff head first, and absolute warrior. And I also remember, um, sort of when the things were going on with the ball. I remember, I think we might have been Brighton away or there was somewhere, and he come over and was like, "I know." Like, and he was just sort of like telling West Ham fans to keep their chin up, and yeah. that's what West Ham fans want just someone that can relate to them. And you want someone in the team who you think's got your back, ain't you? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. I just think, and I think he's one of those, I think you know, he, he always seemed to have a really good rapport with the fans. And he was just like, as you said, like a lovely bloke, and he just got West Ham, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's there's not many people in the modern day who just understand the West Ham fans, and he just got it, you know. Yeah, I mean, he still lives in the area, and you know, despite the fact he came from Cardiff and stuff like that as well, you know, it's not like he's from round here, but um, just got us, just got us as, as fans, and that makes and a I, huge difference. I think as well, there was a few times, I mean, especially the last season at the bowling, but there was a few times when you come out and you think if he was twenty two and twenty three putting them performances in, he wouldn't be at us. He'd be no. somewhere much better. I mean, he put himself in front of everything, and he scored. He scored a lot of goals as well. I mean, I think he used to be a centre forward. I think I we think, threw, it, threw him up a little bit. Up, yeah, front, I, I, I think he. I did think when he was when he was younger, but he's great as an absolute beast. And it, I think when we got promoted and we re-signed him, I thought that was a great signing from Allardyce. Yeah, just a proper p- Premiership centre half, ruthless. 
he came back a better player, I think. You know, he came back yeah. a more West Ham player. You know, he came back more rugged. He had a skinhead. He had a ginger beard. Yeah. And he just, he, you know, he was never, he was never blistering for pace. But he's just had this heart. And, you know, in the same ilk as, you know, Alvin Martin towards the end of his, you know, he just had that sort of veteran look about yeah. him, which I think endeared him more than, I don't, honestly, I don't remember much of him before the second spell i don't remember the first spell being because i think gabadon would, would take yeah i think gabadon was the preferred one with Andrew. yeah I, I remember his last game for west ham was i think it was blackburn at e, up at ewood park and it's probably the most boring game i've ever been to under <laughs> zola and he was brilliant because we was right under it with 10 minutes to go yeah he was throwing stuff out of everything and then i think on the wednesday we'd got five million for him and I've, I think we was in a bit of financial trouble, I think. So I think that's half the reason why we had to ship him off. But we and Dad just could not believe it was like five million. Yeah. Like especially after just seeing the performance he put in at the week yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. You know, I think, yeah. And I think the season we went down, we missed him. The season after when we mm. went down, I think we missed the centre-half that just threw himself in front of everything because we didn't have that. No. So no. my okay. left, my left back is a bit uh, controversial. Love it. Uh, Aaron Cresswell. I don't think, I don't think that's quite controversial. Well, I think he's getting a bit of stick, and it you he's now season. Yeah, um, it's a toss up between him and Conch. Um, mm. I was gutted when we sold Koncheski. I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. I think he got so many assists when like whipping them balls in. But Cress for me, the last season at the bowling, yeah, we real. And we, we're not, we haven't been blessed with fullbacks at West Ham, so no, um. But Cressy, for me, I, I like him. And as I said, when I've met him as well, he's exactly how I expected him to be. And yeah, really down to earth. And I, th- I do think he's a grafter. Whether West Ham fans, you, you can you can slate someone for having a bad game, but I don't think you can question his work ethic. I think no, I agree. Um, he has lost that yard of pace. I think he was about 23, 24 when we signed him. And he's been mm. about four or five years. He's lost the yard of pace, but he'll still do a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he, as you said, again, he's unfortunately... As as so often the case with most West Ham players, it, it, injuries played a huge part on him, and yeah. he has lost a yard of pace. Um, I still like the fact that he's versatile enough to play in that back three. If Moyes ever goes to a back three, because yeah. um, I just think he offers something a bit is, is less running for him, and I think he reads the game quite well. But yeah, and I, you're right. We, I mean, we have been blessed, but I don't ever question his effort. Yeah, at all. And, and I, think I don't, I, don't I, I wish I, think I ever saw Julian Dix play, so no, exactly. Um, and that's the idea because otherwise you'd yeah, put him in, might, yeah. I and might, so, it's, but it's testimonial, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I don't think that counts. No, but I yeah. think you're right, and it's like it's, it's nice to actually give some that's the idea of putting that sort of caveat in, in that it gives people a chance to talk about Aaron Questwell or. Yeah. Harita Ilunga or George McCartney, you know, or whoever, you know, Wayne Quinn, you know, whoever, whoever they want to talk yeah. about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Cress is, I mean, he's after, I mean, technically Win- Winston Reed's on loan, isn't he? So I think Cress is our third longest serving servant after. Well, I, I think if he sees his contract, I think he's due a testimonial. I think, yeah, I think he's been at least six or seven years of us already. I'd, I'd like to see him get one, to be honest. It'd be um, nice. It would be nice. I think he's quite an honest player and he's not lazy. I, I wouldn't have him down as lazy. Um, I'd like to see him get one, to be quite honest. Yeah, but, that's um, a good shout. Yeah, so I've gone, for a, I've gone for a diamond midfield. Oh, very technical. Go on then. Very technical. I thought about this. <laughs> yeah. 
So I've gone for Scotty Parker. Yeah. Um, I did want to fit Nobes in there, but I think just the players I've got in here, I don't think Nobes stands a chance, bless you, I don't think so. <laughs> gone for Scott Parker holding. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, he had chances to leave us when he did. And I'm not, I've got a bit of a beer in my bonnet about players that leave West Ham and go to Tottenham. Really? I've got a beer in my bonnet, and I think it does tarnish it a bit. But I like the fact he saw it out until the end of August. And it's almost like he made sure we was all right before he left. Yeah. I mean, I he, he played, played, he played he four played. or five games, I think, before yeah, in the championship before he left. So if anyone's going to get away with it, it's going to be him. So. But, but, but the thing is, Rob, you know, going back to your dad's era, Martin Peters left for, to go play for Tottenham. But I, I think, and he's opinion, revered. Bobby opinion, Moore, Bobby Moore, what he was was looking to leave to go to yeah. Tottenham, and he's got a fucking stand named after him. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it does. It, it. I mean, I know you've got a bit, and that's fair enough. It ilks me a little bit when people do that, but I understand yeah. why. Totally get it. Why? Well, I always but, feel like Martin Peters isn't spoken of as highly as Jeff Hurst and Bobby Moore. But if Bobby Moore possibly, the same, yeah, the same. But I Good always shout. feel like a lot yeah. of people talk about Moore and Hurst. And yeah, then now you could, and then he's always, always a third. Oh, he went to Tottenham after, so yeah, that's good. That's a good shout. No, I like that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good uh, point. But yeah, yeah it's good. Scott yeah, Parker. Scotty, man, lovely guy. And obviously, he'll be back at the at the London Stadium. Yeah, with, uh, with Fulham. Good luck to him. And I, th I think he could end up being a future West Ham manager. I think I'd love him to be. I just I think he's I got. Be surprised. I wouldn't no. be surprised. And I wouldn't be unhappy with it either. No, I think, and I think it, he probably was the manager when Grant was fighting. So I think Grant yeah. was asleep and Parker was doing the sessions, wasn't he? Yeah. Or Grant and, was in the brothel. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I mean, but it's um, allegedly. Um, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I just think with Scott, I just think he is made to be a West Ham manager. I really just think he's got. He just has this this Britishness about him, which, but, but not like it's weird. It, I, I judge play. I judge managers by what they wear in the dugout, and you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> if I was putting Scott Parker and Eddie Howe together, you know, up against each other, I'd always rate Scotty Parker more than yeah. Eddie Howe. But Scotty Parker was always done in a suit, you know, shirt yeah. and top. And it, I don't know what it is. It, and it's and, and I always remember Pellegrini as well. You know, when it was a team against like Burnley, he'd be in like a tracksuit. It was almost like yeah. he didn't give a shit about it. But if we were playing Man City, he'd be all doled up, you know, in the. Yeah. It's little things like that. I just, I just like, but Scott Parker always really well turned out. He'd always be in a shirt and tie. Doesn't matter who you play. Or oh, a nice polo shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. A nice polo shirt. And um, no, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a good manager at West Ham. I really do. And it I, think, I think we always do better on the British managers as well. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not a racist. No, it's not. No, I think it is. We always, we always seem to do better under British managers. So. Yeah, I think it's that workmen's work. You know, we we are, you know, in essence, West Ham is a working class team. We're a working class club, and I think you bring in continental managers or, or managers of a certain ilk, and they just don't match up well. I, that's yeah. why I'm quite pro Moyes. I think he's got that workman-like attitude, which I think West Ham fans will. Yeah, he's not the most glamorous, you know. No. But I'm not being funny. You look at the probably most successful managers over the last our most recent period. Harry was obviously I wouldn't call Harry a glamorous manager, no. you know. Pards not particularly no. glamorous. Big Sam not, you know. And it's like you know we don't do well under. I mean, Slav was like Slav. I think Slav had that foot. I mean, he was fortunate in the fact that he was in an era. He was in that season where 
everything was heightened. All the all the performances were heightened because it was the last time we're playing Everton, I, Upton Park, and stuff like I that. Think, I think Stab, Slab was stitched up, in my opinion. Yeah. If you, if you look at that summer transfer window, hmm. that was horrendous. It was. It wasn't the right thing to do, was it? You 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 would have assumed you would have gone all guns blazing, wouldn't you? Just well, I, to I make agree sure. Because I know I know the like the way they put it to the fans, we need to get like depth, like strength in depth. But some of the like Nordvite, right? The state of that the state of that fella on a football pitch. I yeah, think, but I, I, I would. I would yeah, no, I agree. Pitches. But someone like Torre. You know, when he with Gorkan everyone was I buzzing. Was, I wasn't disappointed with that because no. I, we go to Turkey every year. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the waiters loved him. And they, when they, yeah. thought, I was out in Turkey, same as me to sign him. So that was, oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Exactly. But, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Did one it? of them. And even like Faguli, I think Faguli was given a rough ride because I think actually he was a bloody good player. And and we had some good players. It just didn't click. It didn't yeah. click. And it's, I mean, it's the same. Every, every team when they move into a new stadium. That first season, it don't work. It just doesn't work. No. You know, um, I mean, every game you, know, you play thirty-eight away games in that first season. You do, and yeah, everything's new. And so, you know, I think it was. And then I think, then I think, then you need a different type of manager. You didn't need. You needed a manager who wasn't going to be trying to be your best mate. And that's yeah. what I thought with Slav was. He was always trying to be the players' best mates. And I didn't. I saw the passion. Of course, you saw the passion, but I didn't see him then shout everyone else. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll put Parker in. Parker's in. Who's next? <laughs> uh, Joe Cole. Yep, Jerry. Um, Gomez like an attacking midfielder there. I, I loved him. Just mm. he did things with a football I didn't even think were possible. So, <laughs> and I love hearing the stories. I think I was listening to Razor Rudd the other night talking about when he came in as like a 15, 16 year old, he was training with the first team and just like doing one on ones with all the centre halves at the time and yeah. completely sending them for up dogs and stuff like that and he's another one that i met before but i met him uh i met him down the high road close to where i live and it's a bit weird because i stalked him for about half hour i just followed him so i didn't have the nerve to go and speak to him yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I even bought a milkshake at the same organic well i didn't even drink it but i just wanted to get in the queue with him and then i got talking to him and he was exactly how i yeah, hoped nice, he, was. Nice he was he was so nice and yeah as i say i say don't meet your heroes but he was just like well class he was i loved him yeah and i don't i don't i don't blame him for me I, in my opinion he should have been as good as hazard he should have been he should have been i think in, in and I, I, yeah no i think it'd been better honestly i just think i just think i think he came in an era that was that was changing in football if he was there a couple of years before he would have been in that era where they every team or all, all the good teams had a free role player you know what I mean? Yeah. Had a player who didn't have a position to go out and play. And that's how Joe should have been dealt with. And he sort of was at West Ham. But when we went to the bigger clubs, the Chelsea's, they put him into a, a position. He didn't doesn't he doesn't yeah. play well in a position. Um and I and think I wish England would have played him more because I think he was what we was missing. Because when we had mm. he ended up like alternating it between Gerard Scholes and Lampard, who played out on the left. And I don't I think he could have put Joe Cole in there. But I think yeah. we had such a golden generation for England. That's what I mean. He was there too. He was there too. Too. Instead too, uh... of upsetting people, yeah, kept every, he kept all the big names happy. And if you would have put Joe Cole in now, I think that too, especially two thousand two and maybe two thousand four, we could have won them. Mm. I think they no, I agree. Taking so, yeah, um, no, I agree. Alongside him, I've got Payet. 
Oh, dear me. Um, yeah, I can't. He gave me my favourite season as a West Ham fan, without yeah. doubt. It was yeah. because of him. If, if he weren't there, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't no, have been... It would be the same. Um, I think, yeah, that that was probably one of the seasons I did most of my away games. And yeah, yeah, just it, for a West Ham fan going to games expecting to win, that does not happen. No, you're right. So I and, knew I had to cherish it at the time. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I always knew at some point there was going to be some sort of slav press conference saying you that he's either yeah. putting a transfer request or got to go. So yeah, I just appreciated that, him while we had him. And, exactly. He, he was that type of player. He was just like See, I can't, I can't hate him because no people like Defoe. I, I, I've got to be the only West Ham fan that doesn't hate Frank Lampard, by the way. But if like people like Defoe can't stand him, yeah. And but with him, I don't know what it is. I think just maybe because of what he actually did for us. I, I can't hate the man. I can't. I think I think it's also because you sort of know it was coming because he did the same thing with Marseille to come to us. Yeah, and, and there's always a problem with that, isn't it? Because it's like yeah. a repeat offender. That's sort of our now exactly. about him. And, exactly. And you get that with those sort of mercurial players, you know, maybe because they're foreign, foreign-based players, you know they're more susceptible to moving, they're more petulant, they'll throw their toys at the pram. Because yeah. you've seen it with Arsenal's. You know, that's why West Ham always used to play, play well against Arsenal because they'd get in a bit niggly with them. Yeah. And, get, and they all got, you know, you know, very sort of temperamental. And you know you're going to get that with someone like Pike. Yeah. So he was waiting for the inevitable. Um, yeah, I, I loved him. I loved you're right, him. What he gave yeah. us was amazing. Yeah, I nearly had my nose broken. <laughs> when, he, when he put that free kick in at Man United, one of my mates elbowed me, but it was one of them things where I just <laughs> did not care. I couldn't believe yeah. what I'd witnessed. And then the, the nosebleed comes second to that. I, was, I could not believe what I'd witnessed. You um, literally bled for West Ham. That's yeah, yeah, literally. But we, I remember we come out and I remember saying to my dad, and I was just like, who are we to be disappointed with a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford? Yeah, That doesn't happen. And yeah. after that, when, when we sort of knew things were going on in the background and... I mean, I, I heard through like a few people that my dad knows and some people that I know that I think he was quite murdering that last season. So I think yeah. he was requesting new contracts every two weeks and I think apparently he was murdered, but I still can't hate him, so I, I, I can't. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's It was just one of those, those things, wasn't it? But I think you're right. If you think about what he delivered as a, as a player, considering he's only there for a season and a bit, a season and a half max, the impact he had on um, because he was such a good player. He was the best player yeah. I've ever seen, technically. At West I, I would like to have seen him under someone like Pellegrini, who mm. Pellegrini coached the likes of Ronaldo. And would Capo have been good. And, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, because I think Pellegrini oversaw that new Galactico era at Real Madrid. Yeah. So he had them stars. And I think they got a record yeah. points total without winning. They didn't win anything, but got a record points total without winning the league. So he knew how to manage these people. Yeah, I yeah. would love to have seen what he did with Pyatt. I would love to have seen that, especially with Manu and Pai, because they linked up brilliantly. And yeah, so um, in front of them, I've gone for Paolo. Paolo, good old Paolo. Hence the reason I've got this shirt. Hence the see, and that's the thing. It's funny in it? its shirts. I don't. Yeah. I'm crap at seasons. When someone says, "Oh, what was the 2006?" I was like, oh. But if someone shows me a shirt, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's Paolo's shirt. Yeah. That's famously one of one of his shirts that I." Yeah, I'm. Um, he he was what first what I sort of first fell in love with when going over West Ham. It was mm. always badgering my dad on the way. It's Paolo playing. It's Paolo playing. And <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, 
and and again, I've always sort of loved them sort of players that sort of don't go with the usual trend. He was sort of like he'd throw his arms up in the air and he'd show yeah. his emotion and like even I watch videos of him on YouTube now. Even we win like one nil against like a scrapey one nil against the team we should have batted four nil. He's still like very passionate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do think I do think there's a manager there with him, but I think he needs a number two to rein him in. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like by all accounts at Sunderland, it was a bit carnage. But yeah, again, I think he was hard done by at Sunderland. I think that he had a list of players he wanted and. Like when you ask for Jermaine Defoe and Josie Altadori turns up, yeah, like he's completely different, isn't it? So he, yeah. I, I, that was a bit of a poison chance, I think, for him with the way that that club was being run. Mm. But I think there's a manager in there. If yeah, I, I, I think I think with Paolo, I think you're right. I think he's just he's, he's got so much passion for the game, and if there's a way to funnel that passion into in, into yeah. into the right way because I think he's also one of those players. I mean, you know, don't forget we only got in because he pushed over referee, so yeah. we had four coming. Yeah, you know, so, but I think with Paolo, you're right. He's got that sort of he's got such a passion for the game that's undeniable. And I think if there's a way you can channel it into because I think the trouble is he'd want everyone to have that same passion. But, if they didn't, but, he'd shout them, wouldn't they? There'd be problems. But I do think the modern day player trains a lot harder. Than what they did in the late night. Yeah, 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 mate, yeah. You, you hear all these stories about like a Tuesday club and stuff like that. Oh, I don't yeah, think that goes on these days. I think there's too many ways of testing them and finding yeah. out what the players have been up to. I think a modern day player would suit a manager like the Canio if it's channeled in the right way. Exactly, yeah. So, and that's the only thing that worries me about a powerful manager. So don't think it would be often, and you'll get a lot of, you know, players. Because I think also, I think although they're more professional, I think they're more sensitive than they were. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the 90s, like, you know, I mean, I've interviewed Monks and Mad Dog and all, all them lot, Bish, and the ribs and the piss yeah. takes, that was all part of that game. And, yeah, they did do the Tuesday, and, you know, and Bish would train with a packet of polos in his pocket in case the manager came over and he'd yeah. throw off a dozen in because he knew he would be in the booze. But then they could give it and they could – and I think it's the other side. Yeah, it's, it's uber professional now. And it's yeah. every, they are fine. They are, they are machines, aren't they? They're finely tuned yeah. machines. And I think they're so at this level where they're professional footballers. You know, I mean, I used to live in Loughton, and you know, I live in Ormchurch now. But in Loughton, I could walk around, and I used to. But you said you, you know, you bump into Joe Cole having an organic milkshake, or yeah. be in Safeways, and Shaq will be doing his shopping. You know, or and you, and. Yeah. They're now footballers that they're all living Canary Wolf and they got people doing it for them, though, aren't they? And so you, they're up there. And so if you criticise them, they don't like it anymore. So I, I think there's a balancing act. But I, I would love to see Paolo in some capacity in a football club. Yeah, uh, I don't know what. Yeah. You're right because someone has, he has so much passion for the game that it's a shame that he's not involved more so than just a you know an analyst for yeah. guy is Hallio. Do you know what I mean? But. Uh, um, yeah. I won't spend too long on the next one because I don't think he actually he only had about six months of actually turning up. But Tevez, yeah, um, six months won the best. What's six months? Yeah, exactly. um, literally about six months. So I remember, I remember when we when we signed him, I knew about him because I used to play Pro Evolution all the time. They had all the <laughs> South American teams, and I knew yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. And I couldn't believe we'd signed him because he was rumoured to go. Over, I think he was rumoured to go over all the big English clubs, then the, the Milan's and the Madrid's and Barca's. Yeah. Then he turned up at us, and I think initially he was going to sign on loan, and then it it was permanent. And 
I remember being in uh, shot, and then I remember for the first six months being like, I think they've like got it confused. I don't think this is the right Tevez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just did not turn up, and like certain games stick out, like Bolton away being one of them, losing four 0 there in like November. I think icy cold, and he just didn't even turn up. And mm. but then there was something that free kick against Tottenham seemed to like clicking. Yes, and then, yes. So yeah, no, but. Yeah, he kept us up, and yeah, yeah, I, I've got a soft spot for him. He won the best oh, I've seen in the West Ham shirt. Yeah. yeah, no, he was, and 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 I just think actually, I think I think it was because I mean, because Pard signed him, and then Curbs took over, and I think Curbs just treated him in the right way. I mean, he, I remember Tevez was like it was like a Tasmanian devil. He was like all yeah. over the pitch, and it just didn't work. And it was almost a bit like how Moyes did the same thing with Arnie. He's like, right, you just stay up front. When yeah. you get the ball, that's that third, that that's final third, that's yeah. your demo. And he just seemed to be a different player. And he was just unlucky as well, weren't he? I remember loads of times he did the post or just miss and you know, yeah. and then when that goal gets that free kick went in, it's just the release. But he tried. The thing is he tried. Well, yeah, it's just like what that's all West Ham fans want at the end of the day, really. Yeah. You just want someone that's gonna put put hundred percent in. And you knew totally. that with Tevez because he was he was like a bulldog, we were running around everywhere yeah. and like as you said, like so many times, I remember him hitting the post and in the bar. I think he even hit the bar against Palermo at home. I think I can't <laughs> I think, if I remember rightly, but just little time you think like it, it will happen at some point. And then when it did, Christ, it like yeah. like almost Sweet, erupted, didn't it? But but also, I mean, he in and you know speaking to a lot of the players, I've interviewed a lot of players who were around during that time, and they speak of Carlitos as being. You know, a real team player, despite the fact he yeah. couldn't speak a word of English. I mean, um, always remember Anton when I interviewed him, and Carlitos, Carlos was so wanting to get in the team spirit that he went when they used to go to a nightclub in London, and he turned up the first time with his translator, and he's on the dance floor like sweating buckets with yeah. his translator next to him, talking to them, and she'll communicate to Anton what, they, what he was saying. Yeah. And it's like I love, I love stories like that. It was just amazing. But apparently, Mascherano was quite similar. Apparently, he's he didn't. I mean, Anton was Anton wasn't so glowing about about Javier. Um, it may have just been he tried it just because he wasn't getting yeah. the team as well, was he? So it's difficult. But uh, yeah. he was, uh, yeah, Carlitos definitely. Um, right, who's the last person then? Last who's one, last and I wish he right? played with Tevez. Uh, was Dean Ashton? Yeah, good shout. Um, loved him. Just a proper. Mm, Centre forward, Matt, beefy, had a bit of pace as well. I think it must have been a nightmare for defenders, but you yeah, know, if he, if he got the ball in and around the box, that was going in. Yeah, that was going oh, totally. He was a born goal scorer, and I think he would have gone on to have been a West Ham legend. Mm. I think. Oh, just yeah, in England as well. I think and I think would he, have been... would have, he would have gone to Euros and he would have gone to oh, World definitely Cups of England, I think, because I think. I think he would have been perfect for someone like Wayne Rooney to hover around. And totally. So yeah, there's um and then obviously seeing that the testimony of Ricky, you just think what could have been Rooney. So Yeah. It was. I mean he was he was, you know, out of everyone I've seen play for West Ham, it was like forwards, he was the complete striker in my opinion, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I saw a second bit of Tony Cotty and things like that, but you know, obviously people like Hernandez, and, you know, but he had, 
the pace. He could beat. He wasn't like rapid, but he had enough to beat a defender, didn't he? He had a good turn. He was skillful. He was he was big, so he could hold the ball up. He was obviously you know he did the bicycle yeah. kick. Man United. He, you know he could hold it. He could header. He could play. He was brilliant. It was just again a tragic shame. Um, yeah, I think as well. I think Freddie Sears might have come on a little bit if if Dino would have no, been. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fit because, and I think I think that might have damaged Freddie Sears a little bit with him not Possibly. not being able to play with him because I think there was a good player in Freddie Sears as well. So oh, there was, and also they had Ashton Bellamy together, and you're thinking yeah. that was that would have been a real tasty up two pairing, you know, sort of our version of the. I don't think they ever played from memory. Not, I, don't think I think they played like maybe a couple of times, literally two, yeah. three times, if that, but that's they were brought together you could see that was the idea yeah. and it would have worked and it would have been awesome but Be bellamy's up there for me but I, I i don't know i think just just for the importance that tevez had on that season i think oh yeah. totally and, and totally. Bellamy, bellamy's a close second along with bobby zamora i think as well that was he man yeah and, and that's it that's it yeah. that's it that's man good. Cheers, man. Just um, under an hour. Is it time flies when you have fun with this? Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> cheers, well, man. I'm Thanks. Boring my girlfriend with it for since lockdown. So oh, brilliant. She's oh, got a day good. off today. So oh, that's all right. Oh, typical. You know, yeah. it's all done now. Okay, well, that's good. At least you'll have a day off as well. You don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> and uh, cheers, man. Obviously, thanks to everyone else for watching. Um, right. Like, share, subscribe, whether you're watching on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify or Apple, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Um, and until next time, for me and Rob, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Come in your wines. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Yeah, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.